0: The left has us all wrong. We don't want to simply turn the clock back to a time when the status quo of elitist deep state bureaucrats dominated us. We want to restore the republic our founders intended. An America that is of, by, and for the people. An America that abides by its constitution without fail.
1: Coming to you from the land of common sense, and American Pride. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now.
0: Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 233 of the Patriot Review. Today we have Mr. Brandon Weikert with us, who is the author of um, The Shadow War. And it's all about Iran and the situation we find ourselves in today. He actually. Uh, knows quite a bit about the subject and you're going to be it's a treat. You're going to you're going to learn a lot today from Brandon. So stay tuned for that. And um right now what I want to talk about just briefly is something I'm doing this year called Operation Restore in 24. Now I need some help with this because what I'm attempting to do is to basically draft uh content, letters or email content that deals specifically with the topics that we care about and the topics that have to be addressed in, in our country, and um, those all revolve around some of the things that we we already know about up front. For example, we're concerned about our economy and 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 uh, national security at the border and all kinds of things, right? So I just need somebody. Uh, it would be great to have writers or someone who volunteers to do that. I uh, have just kicked this thing off. I've only got a couple letters out there and then what i have shared is how to set up an account for free to be able to search and pick and choose your representatives at the state federal or even local level that you want to contact so check it out it is the the home for this is on frank social exclusively right now so if you don't have a frank social account first of all it's an excellent platform and you go ahead and sign up there and follow me on that uh, that platform. And then you'll see that I have a group that is Operation Restore in 24 and join that group and help me out with this project. I really think we need to flood our representatives with, with um, just an overwhelming number of of emails and contacts whether you're calling them on the phone or you're writing them a letter or you're emailing uh, those contacts need to happen and we need to we need to try to take our government back by a bottom-up approach right so um, that's kind of what that is about so we want to um, affect things locally want to affect things at the state and then <laughs> while um, you know while it's um, A big challenge we want to be able to try to affect it at the national level Um, and of course usher Trump into office and address these things uh, as he's going to do so we want to make your voices heard and that's the truth of it all all right so I have Brandon it's a little bit of a lengthy interview I'll do some commercials in there and then if I have time I'll do a few stories Uh, so here's my interview with Brandon I'd like to welcome to the Patriot Review, Brandon Weigert, who is an educator, travels the country lecturing leaders in the U.S. military, academia, business communities, and so on. But he is also an author and prolific writer, and he's got a book out, his latest book, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Brandon, welcome to the Patriot Review. It's a pleasure to have you.
2: Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So. You know, just before we started, I was saying your timing is amazing because all this stuff is ratcheting up in Iran right now. We have we have the and I'm I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but what I view to be the most corrupt and incapable administration ever yeah. um, at the helm. And it just I think all Americans who are honest with themselves are really extremely
2: uncomfortable with what they see going on globally today. Right, you're right. And actually, it's worse than just incompetence. I used to think that as well. But then you see these reports coming out um, in the New York Post and elsewhere about very highly placed Biden administration national security officials uh, who are on the payroll of Iranian intelligence, people like Bob Malley, uh, there is now the one of the senior directors over at the National Security Council was originally he worked for the UN Human Rights Watch, this organization that it turns out 140 of their members were part of the Hamas attacks against Israel. So they are Hamas terrorists. And it is believed that this guy might actually have had some kind of, Uh, relationship with those groups with that with with those individuals from his former organization who helped the terrorists on October 7th so you start to wonder is it all just incompetence or is there's some pernicious ideological fusing of the hard left the radical left the globalist left uh and Ah, ding uh, ding and the Islamists. Yeah. And it, I talked yeah,
0: about Yeah, ab- well, absolutely. The, yeah. the old green-red alliance, exactly. right? I mean, that's, exactly. that was the same thing uh, back in World War II. We had is- Islamic, um, was it the Mu- Mufti? Grand is Mufti. that what it
2: was? Yes, the Graf. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so, yeah. So they've been allies forever. But what, so, first of all, the, yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's deliberate destruction yeah. of not only the United States, but the Western civilization, and because Western civilization, in my opinion, is the only hurdle. It's the only yes. It's the only thing powerful enough to derail these globalists. Yes. People, um, you know, and I had the pleasure of having one of the, the campaign manager for RFK on, and mm-hmm. or one of them, and uh, I was talking about, you know, how refreshing RFK Jr. is because he's really a Democrat. He's really a true Democrat. Wow. What we need more of, right? Um, well, so here we have this situation going on, and we have, you know, the the Ukraine war, which I do honestly
2: believe that would have never happened if Trump was in office. I agree. I agree. You agree? I actually you. think so, Ukraine was better off with Trump in office because they didn't have to worry about a Russian invasion. He kept the Russians back without ever having to put right. a shot. Right. Right. And then we got so here's what here's what
0: boggles my mind, and maybe you can shed some light on this before we talk specifically about the Middle East mm-hmm. and the war footing. Um, so biden drops 85 billion dollars worth of the best medical or the best uh military equipment in the world drops that he gives the chinese our who knows how much the base is worth uh, the air base that they took over Basra or whatever whatever that was Bagram. bagram that's right had a little senior moment there so bagram he uh he gives that so so that to me is the definition of treason, the worst type of treason, giving aid and comfort to the enemy right. not uh you know so yet our d o j our d o d they're all corrupt the f b i the c i a the i r s you know take your pick right um it just when is enough enough you know i i disagree with trump in this that he says, you know well all presidents should be immune from from everything uh no, they shouldn't be immune from treason and, Right. And to, and to me, that's what Biden has right. has committed. What are your What are your feelings on that?
2: Well, I think we know for a fact, even the Demo- even though the Democrats won't admit to it. There's now plenty of evidence. There's an abundance of evidence showing that the Biden family, basically for the last 20 years almost, has operated as basically a crime syndicate, with Hunter Biden as sort of the the front man, uh, for what is really a incredible international influence peddling scheme across multiple countries, including Ukraine, but also including China, uh, in which Hunter Biden, on behalf of his father uh, and his uncle as well, was going around the world with his hat out, hat in hand, asking for gobs of money in exchange for access to Joe Biden's various political offices at different points in his career. My actual, right. my next book that's coming out in uh, right before the election this year. It's called "The Disaster of Our Own Making," and it's all about the Ukraine war and a key element of the book. Is diving into just what, not just the Biden administration, or I'm sorry, sorry, the Biden family uh, was doing in Ukraine, but actually the wider Democratic Party's influence over Ukraine, beginning in 1994 when Bill Clinton got Ukraine to abandon its its large and massive um, nuclear weapons arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so going back to 94, there are these weird connections, uh, excuse me, between um, the Ukrainian government and uh, the the Democratic Party, the Clinton family, as well as the Biden family. And that has yeah. seriously negatively impacted our foreign policy. And it is an indicator, I think, of why the war has been fought the way it has, because the Bidens have simply been bought off by the Ukrainians to fight to the last man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right on. And, you, know, you look at uh, the history of the Democrat Party from the Clinton Clintons onward. The Clintons are, to me, just like the Biden probably the Biden family on steroids as far as the money goes. You got Hillary selling 20% of her uranium to our enemies. You got Hillary with 33,000 emails, many of them top secret. Then she busts her phone on purpose so the evidence can't be, you know. And um, and here we sit with all these Democrats blowing their, all these, uh, well, they're not really Democrats, all these leftist fascists um, blowing their minds over, what trump supposedly did and it's the same old playbook yes you got the sexual harassment or the you know the the sex charges and pardon the pun but they're really trumped up right right and yeah and it's just the same old game and you know i just wish that more americans were awake to the fact that it's going to take us uniting against this uh
2: Against these despots because that's what they are. And and the problem is, of course, is that the American people have been stupefied by, you know, a public education system that doesn't yeah. work. And also by the fact that, you know, most Americans just to make end meet are having to work insane hours. And most of them don't want to worry about politics. They, they right. you know, so, I mean, this is all part of the system that's been established to ensure the oligarchy remains a powerful group. Yeah, it's all uh,
0: done on purpose.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's very unfortunate because I think you see a large section of the voters waking up for the first time in decades, which is why people like Bernie Sanders in 2016, like Donald Trump in 2016, or today, like RFK, these individual politicians are becoming very popular who ordinarily would not be. Because I think people are starting to wake up that something is amiss. And I think with Biden in charge, um, I think people are really attuned to the fact that the country is not working right, that the Biden administration continually lies. I just saw, uh, uh, I think it was in The Hill, I just saw a headline today uh, in which it said that, um, the it's the best economy there's been in two in the in the last two years. It was disgusting when I read that. I mean, I was reminded of, and I think on Twitter I posted this. I, I took that article and I put the Alexander uh, Sosinitsyn quote that you know, they know we know we're lying that they're lying to us. We know that they're lying to us, and yet they keep lying to us. You know, and right. basically we've reached Soviet level uh you know behaviors from our government Robda. that's oh, very yeah. scary it's very
0: scary yeah it's very scary and and it's like you know we're the adults in the room and, and they're our child and they continue right. to lie to us the only thing it's doing is making people more and more upset right yeah and, and you know i i firmly believe they want us they want the the MAGA people especially to get violent i think yeah. they want that because it gives them an excuse to wipe us out and put us in camps it does but uh,
2: well, you know just do us to death that tends to be what they like to do, is to make us go poor.
0: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, uh, they get the they get that digital currency in, and they'll right. be controlling everything. And people are so stupid not to understand those that don't see what's coming. Um. So I, I always argue that fascism. I mentioned I'm, I mentioned leftist fascism, and some people look at me like I'm really strange when I say that because. It's always oh well you know even though the Nazi Party was a National Socialist Party right. of Germany hello wake up okay. the the they always say it's a product of the right. right and my argument there is that you know the the fascism is really a product of the left because it's the left want, that wants extreme government in everything it's the right is anarchy if you're far right you're no government period so it doesn't make sense that that's always been that's always been put as if it's a far right wing um, uh, right classification for politics, you know, and right. and Mussolini described it absolutely perfectly when he said that it should be called corporatism because we right. have the corporations married with the government, and by God, isn't that what we're seeing with
2: yeah, uh, and also the big labor unions, the big corporations, yeah. big government, and big labor unions, and that's yep. yeah, no, you're right. And um, you know, you see this, I mean, you're so somebody, I was on another interview last night, and they asked me, you know, if the election goes Biden's way, um, how, what do I think will happen? I said, I basically think we're going to start looking like a giant version of the EU, that we will reflect those policies. We'll have a very bloated government. Um Everybody will be on cradle to grave entitlements. Um But of course, those entitlements will not be enough to survive. Everybody will be living very meekly um, and it will be very hard for the average person to get ahead. It will only be the elite who are able to move ahead, just like in France. I mean, in France, the people who are wealthy, the French families that are wealthy, um, it's usually inherited wealth. They're not actually producing anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's generational wealth transfer. Um, and so, and that's, you know, that's an oligarchy that they have. They call it socialism. But in my opinion, socialism leads to not only, you know, autocracy uh, and a totalitarian police state, but it also leads to a kind of oligarchy, And we already Mm -hmm. see that arising today. The Democrats have married themselves to the the administrative state, the national security state. They've hijacked that that element, and they use it now, not against al-Qaeda, as it should be used, but it's being used against uh, people who vote for Trump.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, absolutely, 100. percent. And um, you know, I I think that my response to what happens if Biden wins is that civil war within three years, I think. Because I mean, I would hope I'm... not,
2: but yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly I, it 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 is not it is not looking good, and you're already seeing and people forget. And I'm certainly not a proponent of, of a civil second civil. Me war, either, or but, violence
0: in general. Right,
2: because I do think you're right. I think they want. Trump people to react violently because that gives them an excuse to crack down uh, yeah. so and and but but if you look at I used to teach history if you look at um, you know the Civil War the Civil War did not just happen it took about 20 30 years of buildup and there were a series mm-hmm. of constitutional crises uh, you know related to states rights versus federal rights federal rights excuse me over the issues of slavery and trade and today, you see, on the issue of the immigration and border issue, Texas is really kind of stepping out and saying, "Yes, they are. We're not going to listen to you." Now, this to me sounds a lot like a bloody Kansas uh, thing. Yes, it God. does. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's yeah. maybe hundred years down the line, if there's anybody left, his, future historians I hate that term but future historians might point out when they're teaching kids about the Second Civil War, the the Great Texas Standoff was one of the sort of the the signposts that we were heading toward mm-hmm. another conflict internally
0: Well I think Americans are I think Americans in the, in the past 50 years or so have been so used to being spoiled and pampered as a whole that it's it takes it takes personal pain before most Americans are willing to to move to, to yeah. be motivated
2: but I do think that even without the threat of a civil war most American voters do not like what they're seeing right now. Um, You know, uh, I, think, I
0: think most Americans voters didn't in 2020. In well, yeah, I,
2: certainly I think that there was a lot of inappropriate. Yeah. But but I actually think even then there was probably some people because I knew a lot of people who voted for Trump the first time. But then they were like with covid, they were afraid and they thought Trump had lost his mind. And they thought, well, Biden is sort of a friendly old grandfather. There's a lot of people in my age. I'm a millennial. So there's a lot of millennial that I knew who uh voted against Trump uh and they went with Biden because they thought Biden was the safer pick. Um, I don't think that'll be the case this time. If they're gonna rig this election in 24 the way they did in 20, they're gonna need to seriously pour in a lot more fake ballots. Because oh, yeah. I don't think enough people, even the people I know who liked Trump first and then they turned on him after COVID. Um, I I don't think a lot of people are going to show up for Biden, and and actually I think these other party candidates, RFK, Cornell West, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these third and fourth party candidates, uh, you know, how they affect the race, because I think Cornell West is the biggest threat to Biden's reelection, because Cornell West is probably going to walk away with three to five percent. Of the black vote, and and the the Democrats need every black vote they can get. They've already been losing black votes beginning in 2008. Uh, they used to get 93 or 95 percent. Uh, the last election cycle, they got 80 percent. Now that doesn't sound like a lot. It's a 13 yeah. percent drop, but every one of those votes counts for the Democrats. And so, if even a handful go the way of the Republicans or go to a third. Well. party. It's going to do damage to Biden, especially if the Republicans are galvanized behind Trump. And
0: the- they already are. They're already bleeding black right. votes, especially sure. black female votes, right. and to Trump. And I think that uh, I think that if Trump uh, puts Tim Scott on his ticket, you get more black males crossing over as well, and that could spell some some trouble for for Biden and enough. Yeah, you I know, do hopefully- think he needs
2: to pick a woman, though. Uh, I don't know who, but I I do think that Trump would probably be better served. With a feature. Yeah, I don't
0: know. There's advantages and disadvantages to both. but As long as it's not Nicky so, Haley. Yeah, yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> uh, or Vivek. I mean, I just did a show on Vivek and his background when you look into it. I mean, the guy's got all kinds of ties to China and everything else. Right. And,
2: I, when I was uh, an editor at 1945.com, now I was also critical of Trump on certain things. But I did what many said was the definitive takedown in August on Vivek, I wrote a deep dive into all of his questionable connections, his previous statements. Uh, I have
0: to get that link from you.
2: I'll send it to you, yeah, because it really, yeah, I, um, you know, I was so annoyed with him uh, because I really thought he was basically a charlatan, and a lot of people in MAGA world were promoting him because he was, you know, being nice to Trump. But I was telling people, this guy is not—he's a—he's a—you know—he's a, a fox in a henhouse. You don't—you don't want this guy because he's a globalist. Um, Yeah, exactly. But yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's turn to your book now, *The Shadow War*. Uh, Just talk a little bit about that, so the viewer gets an idea of of what
2: the basic premise is and where you're going with it here. Right. So I finished writing the manuscript in May of 2021, and then it sat in what we call development hell for about two (laughs) years because we were kind of going back and forth on some stuff that I, I I have some controversial chapters in there that that the editors were a little worried about at first. Um, and it's all in there now, though, and it was released finally July of 2023. Um, But basically, the book was written, um, I was looking at Biden coming in, I was looking at his foreign policy team, as you noted at the beginning, I I, I do work with the the Department of Defense, I consult with them, I previously worked on Capitol Hill. Uh, So I know a lot of the players in both parties. Um, and I was looking at Biden's foreign policy team, particularly his Middle East team, and I was seeing a lot of the same radical players from the Obama years. And it was worrying me and a lot of people from the Hillary Clinton wing. And it was worrying me. Um, and and so basically, this book was written as a warning. Uh, how to avoid World War III from erupting in the Middle East, because there's a lot of talk about World War III over Ukraine or World War III happening if China invades Taiwan, and those are going to be big problems. But the trigger is going to be, I think, Iran's moves in the Middle East, because Iran is uh, basically it's a minority power. Uh, it is a Shiite Persian power in a Sunni Arab region, And there are deep theological divisions between Sunni Sunni Muslims and Shiite Muslims. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that has played out for centuries. And it's informing right now the geopolitics between Iran and the Sunni Arab world, notably Saudi Arabia, but as well as Pakistan. Um, We're now seeing Iran attacking nuclear-armed Pakistan. Um, And this is all religious. And then, of course, overlaid with that is the antipathy toward Israel— and, of course, the overall animus toward the, the great Satan that, that is the United States in the eyes of the Iranians. And so you have this sort of religious, you know, uh, war breaking out in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying with the book is the Trump policies of creating an alliance of Israel and the Sunni Arab states, namely Saudi Arabia, to contain Iran's growth. Um, while the United States sort of takes a, a, a less, a reduced role in the region and lets our partners handle it, that, and with maximum pressure as well on the Iranians, that is the way forward. We were able, under Trump, to avoid a world war in the Middle East, but still protect our interests there. Under Biden, my fear, and it's panning out this way, this is why I predicted this war um, that's going on right now in, in, in the Middle East, Uh, My fear was that Biden was going to come in and restart the Democratic uh, Party uh, policy of appeasement with Iran. The Democrats believe wrongly that the Islamists who rule Iran can be reasoned with. They believe wrongly that the Islamists represent the majority opinion of the people in the region, and therefore they believe the Democrats do. If America is to remain a legitimate power in the region, it must play nice with Islamist forces. This is why, by the way, Obama, uh, during the Arab Spring, hired a bunch of Muslim Brotherhood members to advise the White House National Security Council and basically overthrew our allies like Mubarak in Egypt and put in, at least for a period of time, um, Islamist groups because they believed this. And of course, anybody who studies the region will tell you, actually, the Islamists do not usually represent the majority will because the number one victim of Islamist terrorists are not Jews or Christians. The number one victim are other Muslims. And so there are yeah. most Muslims that you deal with do not like the Islamists because they know that they're likely to be killed by them uh, for not Yet they don't hurt. do yet they
0: don't do enough to push their religion into a reformation. They don't.
2: You're no, you're right. I'm not not making excuses, but what I'm saying is though is that that the Biden administration and the overall Democratic Party's foreign policy establishment has made a very flawed assumption. And they they believe this so fully they are willing to follow through on these policies even with failure staring them in the face they are willing to negotiate with Iran make sure that Iran gets nuclear weapons make sure that Iran is integrated into the world trade system you know Ben Rhodes who was Obama's national one of his national security guys Ben Rhodes said I was in, I was in the room I was I was with them when they said this. Ben Rhodes used to gloat that the first term of Obama was going to be about getting health care passed, and then the second term was going to be about getting the mother of all deals with Iran. And of course, papered over that is the fact that A, Iran doesn't want to do a deal with us, and B, you're giving nuclear weapons to yeah. a regime that looks at nuclear war not as a scary thought but as a welcome thought because they yeah. believe it will bring about the end times, which will then bring about their messiah known as the Mahdi. And mm-hmm. so your audience understands, the Mahdi's description in the Quran, um, according to the Shiites' interpretation of it, it matches almost perfectly with the Christian description of who the Antichrist will be.
0: Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash ThePatriotReview, get all kinds of free, great information And invest in gold and silver for your future our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them are affecting our bodies our sleep and even our ability to think clearly the advent of 5g is only making this worse there is an answer visit fix the world by clicking the link in the patreon review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation eBook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description.
3: Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel.
0: Or if you're a mosh from the gym, Add a shake to your daily meal plan.
3: Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Phil is vegan
0: with a complete amino acid profile.
3: Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life.
0: No gimmicks, just results.
3: Start today.
0: Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at mypillow.com when you use the code TPR.
1: Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride, not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. We
2: have a lot of geopolitics and sort of eschatology meshing here. The last thing we want to do is make Iran richer and give them weapons, nuclear weapons. Right. But that's what the Obama and now Biden administrations are doing. So the book, I outline the history, the true history of of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, You know, one of the things that we're told is that the whole reason Iran hates us is because the U.S., you know, we were so awful, we backed the coup against uh, Mossadok in 1953, which put the Shah in power, which was our, you know, supposed puppet. Well, as I show in the book, Um, That's actually wrong, because the first thing is the Shah was the legitimate head of Iran's government. Mossadegh was the prime minister. Mossadegh was um, seeking to overthrow the Shah, remove the constitutional monarchy, and replace it with a presidential-style system modeled on our own system with Mossadegh as the president, as the commander-in-chief. And many people did not want that in Iran at the time. Uh, certainly the generals didn't want that. Um, so the generals who were pro-Shah went to the British who were mad at at, at Masadaq because he was nationalizing their property in Iran. And they said, hey, help us create a coup Against this this usurper, and the British did, and then the British, because they were declining power, needed help from the Americans. So the CIA came in and basically pushed that that attempt to overthrow Mossadegh out, you know, over the finish line. Um, An unbeknownst to many people today is that one of the groups helping the CIA, MI6, and pro-Shah generals uh, in Iran to overthrow Mossadegh were actually the Islamists. It was actually the group that ended up taking power in 1979 that now chants "Death to America." They wanted to get rid of Mossadok because Massadak was an unbeliever. He was a an atheist. He was a socialist. And he was pro-Soviet. And and whatever you say about the Islamists, they may be similar to the Soviets in their plans for world domination, but they do not like the Soviet uh, system because it doesn't elevate God. And so the well, Putin, Putin doesn't care for them either. So. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> it's mutual.
0: But, you know, it's, I think something that's important to point out in all that is that Barack Obama was probably the biggest disaster of a president as far as... Uh, as far as destroying the foundational elements of our republic he was we t- you talk about you know the FBI now sitting in catholic churches well that whole sentiment really got pumped up by okay. barack obama who took every opportunity to attack christianity and talk about the crusades which he obviously n- knew nothing about because the crusades were a response to almost 500 okay. years of of islam reaching to the coast of spain and yep. You know, and um, and here we find ourselves. And you have to look at these people and say, are they really this stupid that they don't understand that the 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 jihad is all about killing us? Right. And they enable it while they attack people. You know, I haven't seen too many Catholics running around saying, "Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ," and blowing people up with you know.
2: But if they did you would see the mother of all responses from the Democrats you would like you've never seen uh, Yeah right it I would mean, be it's... it would be like overkill um but the point your is foolishness they did well it is I, you know, the thing is i think ronald reagan put it best uh in the 1980s he said you know it's not that our liberal friends are dumb it's that they know so much about what simply isn't so and so yeah. i think i think obama really does believe you know, that the jihad is is not a bad thing. And I think all these Democrats, because they're, they're all talking to themselves, uh, they all go to the same schools, they're taught by the same kinds of people, they're all imbibing the same kind of ideology, I think they think they're the smartest people in the room because they're parroting back, they're regurgitating everything they've been brainwashed into believing. So why would they think anything else? And why would anybody dare to challenge what, you know, to them is just natural wisdom Um, And so, you know, it's the anybody who would challenge them is our bigots. You know, that's the that's the big. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, you know, with my book, I tried to show the history of the the Marxist critique has always been the Americans deserved to basically be hated by Iran because the 1953 coup happened. But actually, as I found and I prove in the book, that was a indigenous movement. It was supported by a plurality of Iranian, normally middle-class Iranians who tended to be more conservative, did not want to see the Shah go. And what happened was the group that ended up replacing the Shah in 79 and creating the government that now plagues us actually was pro-American. In 1953, they were actually serving the CIA's interests. And what happened was once the Shah took power, the Shah was a conservative guy too. The Shah took power and he basically wanted money. He needed aid money to rebuild the country. So he went to JFK and JFK told him, if you want more aid money from the Americans and the West, you have to start modernizing and democratizing your country. And so the Shah, he started doing this. And Mm -hmm. the first thing he said is, he said, look, we have a lot of poor people in Iran who can't feed themselves. Rather than just giving them food, which is not sustainable, I'm going to teach them how to feed themselves. But in order to do that, they have to own land. So he went and he said, I need to reclaim farmland from the wealthy and give it to poor people uh, and then teach them how to how to manage the land. The problem is, I think it was like 80 percent of the farmland in Iran in the 60s was controlled by the mullahs. And so, you know, yeah, sure. the Shah went to them and said, hey, you supported me in the coup, you know, I but I need to do this. Otherwise, the Americans aren't going to give us the money and we're going to lose our people. We're going to lose our country to the communists. And he started appropriating land. And that's what triggered the backlash from the Islamist element that once supported him uh, in Iran. And there was a man named Nefab Safavi, who was a young firebrand cleric who was best friends with Ruhollah Khomeini, who ended up leading the revolution in 1979. Uh, Khomeini at the time was the heir apparent in terms of being the next Grand Ayatollah, which is the equivalent of their pope in the Shiite Twelver faith. Um, And he was studying under the current, what was then the current Grand Ayatollah, a man named Bergerdi. Bergerdi. Um, And um, basically Safavi was friends with Khomeini. And he was a student himself of a man named Sayyid Kutub, who was one of the founders of the Muslim Brotherhood in the Arab world. And Safavi imported the Muslim Brotherhood Islamist ideology into Shiite-dominated Iran, and he started sharing it with his students, and he created a whole movement. Ultimately, Safavi was killed by the Shah for trying to overthrow the Shah in the 1962, I think, or 63. And at that gotcha. moment... The once-moderate Khomeini became a radical because he wanted to avenge his friend's death, and that set Khomeini down this path of resistance against um, uh, the Shah. And ultimately, uh, the Shah would exile Khomeini. Khomeini would end up in Paris, France. Uh, In the 70s, there was an economic crisis in Iran. The Shah was dying of cancer. He was old. Um, and the communists, led by the, the Soviet agents, started a, riot, a series of riots against the Shah that became a whole protest movement. do um, you the Isla- familiar? Yes. The Islamists, <laughs> Red Green Access, the Islamists yeah. joined the communists in a temporary alliance against the Shah, but the movement was lacking leadership. At the time, a man named Jimmy Carter was president yeah. of the United States. Formerly the worst president of the United States. Until Joe Biden. Until Joe Biden. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jimmy Carter comes along and is angry with the Shah because the Shah has bad human rights. The Shah won't cut the so-called Georgia Mafia, who were the advisors that Carter brought with him from the governor's office uh, in Georgia. He brought them with him to the White House the Georgia mafia wanted to get cut into nuclear energy deals that the Shah was crafting with a Swiss company called Brown Bovary. The Shah wouldn't. Always, come... It's always about greed. Yeah. That's really is. what it comes down to. It's always it about greed. So, you know, Carter's, so... Carter's viewed as this great, you know, and he was a nice guy. I'm sure he was a believing Baptist. I know that's what they say about yeah. it, but there was yeah. a greed element. You don't raise, raise, become the, you don't become the president of the United States without being able to play that game. And, right. you know, and so that's what, and so so you had the human rights violations, you had the unwillingness of the Shah to cooperate with Carter's schemes with nuclear energy, and then you had this protest movement arise, and Carter thought he had an opportunity. Carter said, look, the, the Shah's old anyway, he's uncooperative. At the same time, the Shah is raising the price of oil on the Americans, so that's mm-hmm. already creating problems. So Carter then reaches out to Khomeini in Paris. And he writes him flowery love letters saying that... Yeah, here we go. Yeah. And here and, we sit. And <laughs> and he got the Khomeini. He told Khomeini, if you go back to Iran and take over the movement, I will make sure you replace the Shah. The Shah fleet yeah. to Iran. Khomeini right. is on his way down. And then a man named General Robert Heiser is deployed. He was an Air Force general of ours. He's sent before the, the uh, Khomeini can arrive. He comes down and he tells all the pro-Shah generals in Iran, stand down. The CIA will not help you defeat Khomeini. We're working with nice. Khomeini. Khomeini comes in and the first thing Khomeini mm-hmm. does is kill all the pro-American and pro-Shah generals. Starts you know, all the Jews and now we have what we have today.
0: We're we're out of time. Yeah. The book sounds fascinating. You obviously know the material inside and out. And I'd love to have you come back. Love to come back and yeah. talk talk to more talk more about it and. Um, just in closing, you know, my hope is that Trump wins and that he keeps us out of that war. I think, you know, we reap what we sow in this nation building and then leaving people to fall off of the planes when they're, you know, flying away is not good for future United States. You're right. Uh, relations. So I'd love to have you back to talk about that. But where can people find find you?
2: Well. You can follow me. Uh, I have a pretty active Twitter account, not so active Truth Social and Getter account, all under the same handle, at WeTheBrandon. I used to update normally uh, a blog called TheWeikertReport.com. I don't really update it anymore because I'm too busy. Uh, But you can find some of my older material over the last 10 years there um and of course my books you can find my books anywhere they're sold i would recommend go online since local bookstores unfortunately are dying uh so you know amazon target barnes and noble awesome you can find my books there
0: awesome thank you so much brandon we'll have you back for sure okay take care
2: yep
4: sight to come upon. Her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, The emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We
1: we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty.
0: All right, we are back. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I thought it was quite exceptional. He's very knowledgeable. Have him back for sure. And uh, we'll keep an eye on the whole situation in Iran and the Middle East. You know, if you want to get your hands on some kingdom fuel there, you can go to Sherwood.tv TPR at Sherwood.tv TPR. Also, if you haven't seen Breaking the Oath yet, you can see it for free on my website, RedBloodedPatriots.com. You can also see it on the documentary site that I put up, which is America First Productions, the number one ST, americafirstproductions.com. That, uh, that commercial for that documentary uh, the whole documentary still gets to me and the Shara family story is a tragic story, but it, it um it, it shows basically what is going on behind the scenes as well. When you really start to think about it and you look at the how the COVID uh pandemic was 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 started, how it happened, the gain of function testing, the lies, the uh deceit from a- uh, Anthony Fauci himself you know, really should be considered crimes against humanity because it went into the protocols that were used and the whole bit. And um, where do we find ourselves now? Just like uh, us conspiracy theorists said about, well, guess what? The World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum are going to start talking about another pandemic and it's going to be a pandemic. And what do we have? Lo and behold, they're talking about, you know, this pandemic uh, this pandemic X uh, you know and um, this is uh, their crazy attempt to depopulate the planet and it's very far out environmental whack job stuff is really what it is but so if you haven't seen that you can see it for free like I said on my website or on the documentary website I do also offer a director's edition which includes the full-length interviews with the cast members so you get to see that you also get to download the documentary then uh, and you can you can share it, that's fine. Um, people need to be made aware of it, I think. So, but that uh, you can go and you can use the code America First get ten bucks off. That is exclusively on the documentary website AmericaFirstProductions.com. So go ahead and check that out. All right, let's get to a couple stories and then we'll wrap it up for today. So number one, Biden friend goes public with sick family secret. All right. So I am going to enlarge this so you can see it better as I go through it. Um, during a deposition on Friday, an individual associated with the Biden family stated that the former vice president and current president of the United States, a resident, not president, had a meeting with a Chinese government-affiliated official in 2017, which was the year they both departed from the White House. All right. Rob Walker asserted his claim during the House impeachment inquiry into Biden. He delivered a uh, premeditated opening speech, asserting that the president had never been involved in his son's business dealings. Today, we learned that Joe Biden met with the now m- missing chairman of CEFC. <laughs> and I'm not going to pronounce that name. Let's just call him Yi. As Hunter Biden and his associates received $3 million from a Chinese entity, CEFC controlled uh, so more shenanigans more cash more crime exposed and this uh, this is on the Republic brief uh, you can go to the uh, go to politicalsignal.com, and there's all kinds of stories. That's kind of where I pull these from. So if you want to learn more about that, you can head out to politicalsignal.com, and you can check out all the other stories. Um, another story, Biden campaign planning to use Taylor Swift to fuel re-election. This is from the are you freaking kidding me <laughs> segment. Um, Taylor Swift, really. Um, any... Any uh, sober, intelligent human being could give a shit less what Taylor Swift has to say. She is just another brain-dead Hollywood celeb, uh, music celeb, whatever. But she's inconsequential, and most people are sick of hearing about her and her and her relationship. So, go ahead. Use Taylor Swift. I don't think many of us really care. Uh, not the... Uh, just a few, uh, a few fries short, as they say. Then we have Biden exploding in a senile rage, and I'm going to show this. This is uh, Biden vehemently expressed anger on Saturday night during a speech in South Carolina, resurrecting a debunked Trump conspiracy theory to criticize the leading candidate for the presidency. Biden succumbed to unrestrained rage, exhibiting impaired speech as he reiterated the discredited defamation about an ideological adversary. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery, outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers, Biden yelled angrily. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? Well, let's hear it from Joe himself, folks. Um,
1: uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. I think this country's have been through have been pretty tough for a lot of people, but we're making progress. There's a lot more on the way. Greedflation, shrinkflation. You see that article about the Snickers bars? Well, it's going to stop. America, we're tired of being played for suckers, asylum asylum officers, and over 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming on our southwest border. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us like that?
0: What a piece of shit. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, Hello, Joe, Mr. Piece of Shit. Um, talk to us about Afghanistan and those 13 soldiers that you murdered. Talk to us about the $85 billion in military equipment that you left to our enemies. You hypocritical son of a, you know... Uh, he is, he is over the cliff beyond, beyond help. And, um, if he was anybody other than Joe Biden, I'd feel bad for him. But, uh, he's one of those guys, when I say there's a basement in hell reserved for him, he's, he's probably in the sub sub basement, I believe. And he's a real POS and, um, Trump Trump is the president who surprises troops, you know, on Thanksgiving and, and uh, flies into a war zone with no lights on the runway or the plane when it's coming in. That's Trump. This guy here, he's he's completely, completely lame, a liar, a criminal, a traitor. He committed treason and he is the resident, not the president, because he also stole the election. Let's look back at uh, Kaylee when when this whole thing was first started and listen to what she has to say.
3: Also, I want to address what is quite clearly fake news. The story in the Atlantic has been categorically debunked by eyewitnesses and contemporaneous documents. The Atlantic claims, quote, when President Trump canceled a visit to the aisne Marne American Cemetery near Paris in 2018, he blamed rain for the last minute decision, according to The Atlantic, saying the helicopter couldn't fly and that Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. Neither claim was true, says The Atlantic. That has been debunked. Behind me, uh, you will see a email from one of the president's military aides that clearly reads, We are a bad weather call for today's lift. The Atlantic reporting is based on four cowardly anonymous sources who probably do not even exist. Meanwhile, within hours, 10 sources, 10, went on the record debunking these lies, eight with firsthand knowledge stating on the record one common truth that this story is false. It never happened. Adding to the eights that were previously counted, I'm bringing you two new ones. One is from Derek Lyons, staff secretary and counselor to the president, who says this, I was with the president the morning after the scheduled visit. He was extremely disappointed that arrangements could not be made to get him to the site and that the trip had been canceled. I have worked for the president for his entire administration, One of my responsibilities is working with him on the many letters he signs to the families of our nation's fallen heroes. In all my time at the White House, Derek writes, I have never heard him utter a disparaging remark of any kind about our troops. In my view, he holds the brave men and women of our armed forces in the highest regard. I also bring to you today another quote from a former member member of this administration, Dan Walsh, deputy chief of staff, former deputy chief of staff, who is also a retired military officer. I got off the phone with Dan just before coming out here, and he wanted me to share with you all, I can attest to the fact that there was a bad weather call in France and that the helicopters were unable to safely make the flight. Overall, the president's support and respect for our American troops, past and present, is unquestionable. And Dan recounted to me several um, events he went on with the president, like a World War II uh, veteran who flew with the President on the helicopter in Normandy, uh, visits the President had with our wounded warriors, special ops teams who came to the Oval Office, um, including the team that got al-Baghdadi and they brought along Conan uh, the dog as well. Um, he met with families at the Army-Navy game. He does this routinely. Um, and at the World Series, when he got an opportunity to go watch the Nationals, he brought veterans with him. Um, and I can tell you from what I've seen for this from this President, I have heard him describe his visits to Walter Reed and in, in detail and uh, the angst he has had and the compassion he has had and the the hurt he has had viewing these warriors who have um, been been absolutely injured um, in the line of duty and our courageous heroes and I've heard him recount how meaningful those visits are I've also seen him just a day before this article came up um, talk about there was rain and lightning popping around and he said I want to go out there and I want to talk to our World War II veterans this is America's greatest greatest generation. And the president um, holds them in the highest of regards. So why would a publication abandon all journalistic integrity and publish this story? It's because the liberal activists at the Atlantic are uninterested in the truth, and they are only interested in peddling conspiracy-laden propaganda. Because here is the one truth. No one, and I mean no one, loves and cares for our servicemen and women as much as President Donald J. Trump. Thank you.
0: I miss her. <laughs> do, do you miss her as well? I mean, look what we got now. Anyway, here's some more truth for you, right? So they they like to try to push Trump off as this uh, renegade who, oh, he can't be trusted with the nuclear codes, blah, 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 blah. Yet he's the only president that ha- didn't get us into a new war in 72 years. Yet he's the only president since Carter who had a Middle East peace agreement where you had Islamic countries, uh, Thawing relations with Israel, and he doesn't, you know, they don't, they don't even ever acknowledge that. And uh, several other truths, like Joe Biden walking by the reporters when they're asking him, you know, how he feels about our dead soldiers, right? He doesn't even stop when he's just walking to the to the White House. Uh, Trump certainly would have stopped and would have relished the opportunity to to give his condolences and to share his thoughts on those that we've lost and you look at you look at where we stand today with our tensions with these countries around the world and with iran killing americans we are already at war that's the that's the truth of it and you can look directly at the criminal and the traitor the treasonous traitor that stole his position and that resides in the White House doing the bidding of, I believe, Barack Hussein Obama. That is my belief. It may not be yours, but this is my show, so that's my belief. <laughs> we'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you all.
4: Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a January 6th political prisoner rotting away in horrible conditions? January 6th, patriots are subject to cruel and unusual punishment every day and kept imprisoned for nearly three years without trial. These American heroes have to survive inhumane conditions where they lack basic food nutrients, clothing, and hygiene. Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and FBI Gestapo has been making sure the families of these brave patriots are suffering as well. The breadwinner has been ripped out of the home, and these young families are being extorted thousands of dollars a year to keep up with commissary costs for their J6 prisoner. Many families have been completely devastated, missed mortgage payments and kicked out of their homes, and even the family car repossessed. The ongoing battle these families face to stay afloat and support their loved ones in prison is in desperate need of our help. You can now sponsor a January 6th family to help support them in their greatest time of need. sponsorj 6com is a new organization started by January 6th political prisoner for 965 days, Jake Lang, ensuring 100% of funds made go to Patriot's commissary accounts. By becoming a sponsor of a J6 family, you can ensure one of the nearly 200 currently incarcerated J6 prisoners is properly clothed and fed. Sign up today to give the vital help these families need and make a real impact in the lives of our POWs. Head to SponsorJ6.com.